Hi, this is Brad Humphrey, and today's podcast is Turning Data into Profits. And it's brought to you by 4constructionpros.com and Caterpillar. And from Caterpillar, I have Lonnie Fritz and Jason Hurtis. Guys, how are we doing today? Good, Brad. How are you doing? Doing great, Lonnie. Hello, Brad. Our our subject matter experts are going to join us on this, uh, I think, very interesting and deep conversation because all contractors want to make money. That's why we're in the business of doing what I want to start off, though, is how, how should a contractor look at some of this technology we've already discussed in some other podcasts? But more importantly, what do you do with the data? You guys got this great technology. I love the, I love the, the graphics and the, what the information is bringing to us. What am I supposed to do with this? That's where a lot of people get stuck. I mean, it's almost data overload. Yeah. They have so much coming at them, they don't know what to do with it all. And you got to break it down into simple segments. I mean, you have to monitor the hours. You have to monitor your fuel. And you have to monitor your uptime and utilization as well as your maintenance and fault codes. You do those four or five basic things, you're going to be more successful than somebody that's not. Obviously, you can go 10,000 feet below that, um, you know, with idle time segmentation, runtime, working time, working fuel, running fuel. Um, but at least to start, if you understand those top four buckets, I think you'll be more successful than someone that's ignoring the data or not using the data. Well, you used a word, you just threw a word that I love to use, and that's that word uptime. You know, we've already had this discussion that traditionally the industry has talked about downtime, but that's kind of a negative connotation to begin with. Uptime is where we're making our money. So from a standpoint of uptime, how do we at Caterpillar, especially in this the new technology that we've been talking about, the ICs and some of the other things that we're going to get into, how do we define that? Uh, I mean, you're right. Downtime is a negative. And usually your downtime is, as you've talked about before, is so small. You know, everybody kind of focuses. And, On that 1% and, or that yeah, 2%, that right? Go to the go to the 98 the 99% and make sure that you're maintaining that and keeping that. And that's what off-board telematics of, of any type can help you do. You understand what that utilization is, how to maximize that utilization, and more importantly, how to make that utilization more effective and how to make that uptime actually drive profits back to your business. Jason, I'm a simple guy. I mean, I really am. And and when I look at the dashboard of my truck, I see four, five, six measurements that the auto industry has obviously identified as the key measurements, my metrics for running my truck. I've got odometer. I've got a gas gauge, right? I got electricity. I mean, I, it was cool when I had a car, one, truck one time that you could actually punch to find the PSI in every tire. I mean, when I got bored driving down the highway, you know, I just punch around. <laughs> But 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 I'm not everybody's as nerdy as that. But in construction today, we are being held to a higher level if we're going to be competitive. Would you agree with that, Lonnie? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and again, not to overwhelm anybody with data overload. You know, it can get all the way up to looking down at the granular data and needing a data scientist. But we're trying to make it simpler. You said a keyword there, Brad, and that was dashboard. You know, so we are looking at the the key things that customers continue to come back to me with is they're looking at hours, they're looking at fuel, they're looking at load, location, looking at utilization and how we bring that information right into their uh, digital electronic device, you know, dashboards with the different apps we're coming out with um, right in their smart device. Um, it shall be understood that uh, how do we get all this data? Product link coming off. That's just the box in the machine. Okay. That's a okay, little, that's the, that's that be like the hardware. Yes. So okay. that is the hardware on the machine. It's okay. called in, in Caterpillar terminology, it's the product link box. So think okay. of the product link boxes on your product. What is your product? It's the wheel loader, the dozer, the excavator. Okay. That box is gathering all that digital data and offboarding it to your back office uh, solution, your user experience where you're getting all that data in visual 
um, aspect in that being vision link. So vision link is that user interface, whether it be on your smart device or like I said, in the back office on your computer where it's really giving you that information. So it's kind of carrying our DNA code of what, uh, what data we've retrieved from that's our right. Right it's machine. offboarding okay. it off the machine Perfect. into that user experience. And that's where you can start to utilize the value. So now you have the data being developed. It's being created on the machine. Now it's coming to the important part. That's how we're turning that data into profit. Okay. We're actually getting that data in. We're able to analyze it so we can drive actionable items that lead to greater efficiency, productivity, and profitability. I know you guys both have some examples. I really like, for, and, and we want to be, you know, obviously, uh, we don't want to share any names. I mean, we don't want to get anybody in, in trouble or embarrassed, but there's some great success stories out there. And and help help the listener right now understand as a contract, and either I'm thinking of leasing a piece of equipment with this technology or maybe even purchasing equipment, or maybe I've just purchased it. I'm still not getting the maximum under understanding out of it what should they be looking at what data and and what data tells them when to make a decision i mean what what are the the signs that caterpillar has advised us as as consult or uh, as contractors to to do to do a better job to make more money i mean this whole thing is about turning profits so how do we get the information i mean you're providing information what information are we looking at and when do we make decisions that help us make more money i think um you know i kind of go back to a, a decal we used on our equipment back in the day when I was in industry is um, this machine pays your salary. Please take care of it. <laughs> and great. so Good what, what Vision Link really um, helps us provide is many things. But specifically, if we look at the health of a machine, the health of that asset, got an acquisition cost in the beginning on the owning side. Now we have the operating cost that goes with that. If I can drive up uptime one and it's effectively being utilized, I'm driving revenue. But also, if I am following those maintenance codes, if I'm seeing what I have for alerts as well as fault codes, I am preserving that asset. I am addressing any issues that that machine may be telling me, hey, I'm not feeling good. I got a stomach ache. Hey, I'm not feeling well. I need this addressed. Please help me. So now we can send out service individuals to come out to analyze that machine to make any necessary repairs or maintenance that is necessary so we can and again, increase uptime and get the full utilization out of that asset. We're preserving that asset. Awesome. It's similar to what's been going on for decades, and that's SOS. That's oil sampling. That used to be our main go-to. Now we have more of that digital DNA coming off the machines via sensors, product link, feed, and division link that's saying, hey, this needs to be looked at and addressed. There's nothing better than repair before failure. I always say the more proactive we can be instead of reactive we're going to keep money in our pockets and we're also going to have a greater opportunity to generate revenue due to uptime. Well, we all know what it's like to buy a new car in some cases and have that light that comes on that says it's time to service your car, right? You know, and, and you can't keep it into a cruise position because it always goes back. How does, what do you guys have in the technology that allows the contractor to read not just a warning light, but to see the trends when they might need to make a decision, again, to make their jobs more profitable because downtime, you don't make any money on downtime. Yeah, there's different levels of alerts. So, I mean, we'll, we'll notify the customer of uh, different situations, you know, if it's a level one, level two, level three, so that they can understand that there's potential abuse for the machine or something's changing in the machine so they can address it before there's actual. What's a level one and two and three? What does that mean? There's there's different levels that we specify. So like, like for example, in a core, if you have an overspeed situation, you're going downhill and the transmission overspeed, that might make it a level one. We'll okay. just say, hey, it oversped here for 
three minutes in this particular situation. And as a contractor, Jason, I can see that. that That'll that come up on your phone that data or, is provided or your iPad or, or whatever. And it, is it bad? No, nah, it's just telling you that it happened. Now, if you get might that also route, tell me something about the operator too, too, right? Operating or, the, or the you know, it could have rained four inches last night okay. too, and so maybe I need to adjust something in my application or my operation. And then there's different severity, so you know, if there's the park brakes engaged while the machine's moving, that's kind of a bad thing. That's we'll let you know that. Thing, right? But you can track again the overspeed example. You can track how many times that happens, and you can narrow it down to a specific place in your operation, a specific operator. Or maybe it's just that machine and we have a sensor that's going out or we have some clutch packs that are, are slipping. So you can use that to adjust your maintenance and figure out what's going to happen before it's going to happen. Okay. And also the contractor, the customer alike, can basically <clears throat> set up those alerts, those fault codes, and receive the ones they'd like to receive, not the other ones. So they can tailor it to their needs. Whoa, whoa, and whoa. What- You're introducing now something really <laughs> cool. So so tell me that again, one more time. I can actually program in what I'd like to get? Yeah, so basically you can filter. So if you want to receive, you know, the top five key um, alerts or codes that are really meaningful to yourself on your digital device, you can tailor that to your needs. You may not run to receive all three or four or 500 that the machine ECMs are capable of offboarding to you. You may be concerned about excessive riding of the brakes, overspeeding the engine, low oil pressure, whatever those different metrics may be that really fit into your business. Or, you know, again, it's an operator training um, opportunities. So you can be looking at those things, those parameters that may be more apt to a newer operator and some of the things they may be prone to doing so that we can say, oh yes, this is occurring. It's not really, it, it isn't, it isn't a big brother. We like to say those are training opportunities. Again, in the long run, we're driving those up times. We're creating safety. So there's a lot that can be done in this whole telematics umbrella or underneath this umbrella um, with, again, how we tailor those dashboards and what it is we're really looking for. In Jason's industry of the Corian aggregate space, he may be more concerned about some of those parameters and some of those different metrics than I may be in the construction and the applications that some of the machines may be in in my industry. I agree. Give me some examples. Do you have some some even dollar examples of what kind of savings have we have some of our construction owners experienced out there with this technology? I can I can talk about one. We a customer called us and said, um, you know, I'm spending fifty thousand dollars a month in fuel. Is that normal? That was the question. Well, it depends on how much equipment it has, I guess. But that sounds like a lot of money to me. Right. I mean, <laughs> so we went in and did an evaluation on their fleet, their application, worked with their operators. Um, Taught them how to use telematics to measure, you know, your working fuel burn versus your idle fuel burn. What's a good idle time? What's the national average for all these machines at different idle times? Gave them some benchmarks, some education. They've done um, some management changes. And as of last year, they're still spending, obviously, you got a fuel bill every month. Right, right. But overall, in their whole fleet, they saved almost $200,000 in a year. That's pure That's just, pure profit. Just by understanding... You know, what's important, what I need to look at, what isn't important, what I can ignore, because I can't have data overload. I can't have all my people looking at their smartphone all day. They have other things to do. So just tell me what's what I need to know when I need to know it. And then I can I can measure it. I can management and I can change it. That is pure profit to the bottom line. I mean, that's music to that contractor. Lonnie? Yeah, and it's like other technologies we've talked about in previous podcasts, Brad, you know, whether it's intelligent compaction or grade is is scalable you know, start small. It's those contractors that may not be looking at telematics or, you know, not understanding what it is or not really implementing it. 
we recommend you to draw a line in the sand and say we're going to drive change. Make it a New Year's resolution. Delve into the product link and the division link. Measure some of these things. For example, a customer Jason just shared with, you know, on fuel consumption, fuel efficiency. And sometimes we don't know what we don't know. And if we're not measuring it, we can't improve it. So pick out those few things. You know, try before you buy. Don't try to boil the ocean and go all the way into advanced productivity and cycle segmentation with Vision Link and what we have to offer in the different suites of technology within that platform. But look at those things of utilization. Look at fuel burn. Look at where your machines are located. I like to use the rental example, Brad. You know, if you're renting by the day, the week, the month, whatever it is, that is a fixed rate you have agreed to with your dealer. Are you getting three hours a week out of that rental bill you're spending? Or are you getting 40 hours a week on a 50-hour shift? It's just one way that you can look at utilization and really get make sure you're getting the biggest bang for your buck. Better define location. You've used location a couple of times. What do you mean by location? Because what a contractor thinks of location, I don't know if is it the same thing. Yeah, so location generally is, is we're using that term literally, is where is that machine located? When you're trying to chase down numerous assets, even if you're a small contractor and you have five assets, you can see whether that machine's bound to low boy. If you schedule three moves that day, if three assets moving, you can simply see whether that machine has landed on the job yet or not. And then when you magnify that into hundreds and thousands of assets you're tracking, maybe all across the United States, it is key to know where those assets are. Just from a maintenance standpoint, it can be utilized to know where to send the next service tech out. So it's really key. We're taking that all the way into work tools. It's amazing the legs that attachments can grow and the way they travel themselves around. We've spent more time in industry tracing down that special four foot wide bucket because the three footer is too narrow. You know, now with the different link technologies that we have and the way we can track different work tools, location is so critical. It really causes us to go right from point A to point B without sending out an all points bullet and trying to find these assets. Man, I mean, we're just, we really need to catch, and we'll summarize this before we finish our, our, our message today, because y'all are really hitting on some really good profit making things for a contractor. You know, you, we all know there's a wide range of contractors. There, I think there still are some, fortunately not many, but there still are some of those contractors out there who just run a piece of equipment until it's dropped dead, right? Then you got the guy that probably, or gal that's just over, uber on the maintenance side and there's probably there's probably too much you can do as well but what we're doing we're, our message is really to that individual that's in there in the middle wants to run a good job doesn't want a lot of downtime wants uptime because he or she knows that's where they make their money at in closing give us a summary again what should be some profit results if they are using the technology, the linked technology, all that, all the things you guys have just been talking about, what are some of the ROIs that they ought to be getting back? You mentioned a good point there. A customer I'm familiar with out in the Northeast is the Uber crazy on maintenance. And I think um, one of the recommendations we made was, was adhering to the manufacturer's recommended service intervals. Okay. So profitability alone in a sustainable economy we're living in um, is hitting those maintenance intervals instead of 250. We're bringing out machines that are 500, 1,000, extending those intervals. So on the on the very proactive side of things, you can be saving labor, fluid, and filters by adhering to those. Even more important to that is, is driving uptime is making sure repair before failure, doing the fluid analysis, the SOS sampling, and doing those maintenance, adhering to those maintenance intervals so that, again, we can drive uptime and profitability. So, yeah, and there's everybody in between, Brad. Everybody. Jason? 
It's all it's all over the board. It depends on where you're starting from. I mean, I've seen a five percent efficiency increase with some customers, all the way up to ninety percent. You know, it all depends on where you're starting, what you're measuring, what's important, and and how much you actually utilize it to manage your business. Yeah. Well, boy, this has been more than educational for me. I think it's encouraging also to the contractors that they can be smart. You know, we've always had preventative maintenance. I know that's always been a part of most people's mindset to a certain degree. And I really do believe that the days of the guy or gal that's just running the equipment until it's just dropped dead, leave it out in the field kind of a thing, we don't see much of that anymore. I know you guys don't. And, and, and the sophisticated contractor, who doesn't have to be very large, and especially, and this is one thing we, we didn't talk about much, you know, the younger owner coming in, whether it's a son or a daughter or son-in-law that's taken over the business, they many times have a bit more of an inclination toward numbers anyway or computer use. So there's a little bit more attraction for that. The other thing is they're tired of seeing money go out the back door for wasted uh, right. calls to the job site because the machine broke down again, right? Exactly. Yeah. And as, as the industry is evolving and as our world is spinning faster and faster, Brad, is the customers we've mentioned in previous podcasts, they're having to tighten up their Bingo. their belts, yeah. they're having to sharpen right. their pencils and drive down operating costs. So they're looking for better ways of doing things. Um as they run into more competitive environments. Well, Jason and Lon, you guys are awesome. This is we've really gotten into the to the kitchen, as they say, for these contracts. This is where the money talks, right? So this is what they're in the business for. Well, this has been turning data into profits podcast, and I sure hope you've enjoyed it. My name is Brad Humphrey, and again, this was brought to you by ForConstructionPros.com and Caterpillar. And for a lot of the other services on webinars, Caterpillar has some great webinars. Check them out. And uh, the contractor's best friend that that uh, that I represent, we sure would love to have you come and listen to some of our uh, podcasts as well. Thank you, and go out and make some money. Take what you've heard from this, listen to it again and again, and go out and make this thing happen and have a great year. Best of luck.